Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of Indigenous Vision Podcast. I'm Suta. And I'm Melissa, and this is officially episode 21. All right. And today we're joined by Alex Whiteplume. He is a hemp farmer and former president and vice president of the Oglala uh, Sioux Tribe of Pine Ridge. Welcome, Alex. Welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Great to have you on with us today. And mm -hmm. today we're talking about, um, it's our special 420, I want to see my air quotes, 420 episode. <laughs> and we're talking about <laughs> marijuana and legalization mm -hmm. and hemp, all of the benefits that can happen within tribal communities. And you've been in the field since the late 90s. When did it, when did your journey in hemp start? Uh, 1998. The tribe legalized, uh, not legalized, but they separated hemp from marijuana and they put hemp in our code and our, our juvenile criminal code. So uh, since then we've been growing, but the uh, United States sees us as invisible people with no rights. Um, we grew three years in a row and they attacked us three years in a row and stole our crop. And um, there's no way you could sue them, uh, nothing. So it just set us back, set me back 20 years. And at that time, I seen the value of hemp, especially the uh, medicine called CBD that helps your body. And our family, we also developed another plant from Echonesia. It's called Ichach Pehu that helps your immune system. So we, um, we were just happy about it. But um, anyway, that's all in the past. Over 25 years now, I grow, um, I guess they call it legal. But to me, it was legal back in 1998. My case went to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, and at the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals called this um, hemp being declared a narcotic drug, a demon drug, asinine. I never heard a judge use that word before. <laughs> but uh, they couldn't change the law. Only Congress can change the law. So uh, then Vote Hemp and a few advocates from across the country all went up and I got a bill passed and Trump signed it. I guess now for in America, they recognize it as legal. So uh, we're trying to, um, I grew and I'm trying to sell it. But in this country, everybody wants to become an instant millionaire overnight. So I've seen people grow 500 acres of hemp without having a buyer. And so that hemp is still standing in the fields. But I think people should determine what type of business they want to start up and plant enough hemp to supply yourself rather than an instant millionaire uh, dream that everybody's trying and many of them are failing. So that's my advice to people. <laughs> that's great. And and the, I read an article that you were in and it and you pointed out how it could be an alternative economic development opportunity for tribes. And then and then you had the example of 10 acres making one million dollars. And that's just that's amazing. Like that's just 10 mm -hmm. acres. If you consider the tribal lands in, in America, mm -hmm. yeah. all, we could we could lead mm -hmm. and be the forefathers of an entire hemp industry. And uh -huh. and um, I absolutely loved also, too, that you worried about how to harvest it properly. Like you put this indigenous mentality to it. Did you ever figure out how to how to the protocols yeah. for harvesting? Oh, yeah, yeah. We finally figured out there's uh, four songs that we sing a night before. And we let the plants know, just like, uh, well, just like the way we pray to our Sundance tree, which we're going to take your life, but we're going to live through you while, while the spirit's exiting. And so it's similar to that. It's just, it's a real beautiful little ceremony. It took us about 
almost 15 years to find the harvest songs. And many elders are dying like flies, just amazingly rapid now. And uh, it's taboo to record our stories, everything. But I think the way colonization has damaged the indigenous people's minds against their language and their culture, I think I have to record some of these stories. And uh, just for record's sake, and someday when everybody speaks Lakota again, they might refer back to these stories and pick up where we left off 200 years ago when we had first contact. That's right. And in America, there's nations that have 500 years of contact. They're just totally gone, no more. And 400 years, 300 years, and a few of them have 250 years. They still have some semblance of their indigenous nature. And we can't hold it against them. We just have to all stick together and speak. Maybe everybody could speak Lakota and start with our language and then gain your language back. And that way you'll understand what your songs mean, what your words mean. And then this way you'll have more respect for all our relatives. The uh, plant nation in Lakota, we call them the standing silent nation. That's what we call all plant life. And so um, we have to be like them. They still maintain their language. <laughs> That's right. And it's, there's so much amazing plant science to mm -hmm. that over the years, uh, most recent years, especially that have shown that plants do communicate and send energy transmissions mm -hmm. and, and can communicate tree stands like that are in different states can communicate mm -hmm. information. So it's, I appreciate, um, mm -hmm. as a Blackfoot woman, I appreciate the recognition and, and these. And then I would encourage, do you still have the partnership with Evo Hemp? No, they uh, they went bankrupt. They didn't pay me for my crop. So oh, uh, no. what odds in court now? <laughs> I have to buy a lawyer and uh, try to get paid from them. So um, the white man's still the same way. He breaks treaties and he lies. <laughs> oh, that's so disappointing to hear. Oh, it set me back quite a bit. But in all my uh, years of growing hemp, uh, one thing I found was that the root system's drying up from bottom up. The, um, the water underneath the earth is being disrupted by fracking, mining. So our roots don't grow that deep no more. Some of our roots only grow a foot and a half. And, and But my hemp seeds, my original hemp seeds, uh, they grow six to ten feet deep into the ground. So they help repair the ground deep in there. And those, those are the kind of plants we need to use and consider. And uh, I don't think people should consider uh, hemp industry as an overnight quick cash cow. You know, it should be something long-term and meaningful. And uh, this year, my daughter and my grandson's taken over growing. And me, over the years, I've been saving my seeds. So this summer, I'm just going to sell hemp seeds. I'm going to sell the long taproot hemp seeds that's good for CBD or building products. And I um, have so much seeds, I'm considering trying to find a way to make cooking oil with the omega-3 instead of the lard come from fat. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's not good for us. So I'm thinking about just getting into that one niche, which will be cooking oil. As it is today, this morning, I just cooked my eggs. I threw 10, 15 seeds in a skillet. And within minutes, it oils up just like the grease and crack my eggs in there and then I eat the seed and everything with it because it's healthy for you. And I'm I'm 70, hitting 70 now. And I always say I could still whip 10 guys my age. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good to hear. I'm glad you're um, keeping on trucking, so to speak, because mm -hmm. 
it's unfortunate to hear because I'm young in business and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I have been, yeah, I've lost a few thousand dollars because a uh, mm-hmm. contract not working out. And then mm-hmm. I had no repercussion as a, a young, small business owner to yeah. my expenses. And mm-hmm. so I'm a little bit sad that they're still out there, but is there anywhere where you can find your um, CBD products now? You know, we, um, we developed them. Um... And they're purchased before they even hit the sales. That's that's how popular it was. Uh, my daughter, I don't know if she's going to get into CBD. You see, across the United States, CBT is so saturated that the prices went down. And so that's a good thing for the ones who need to use it. But the ones who's producing it, it's uh, he loses. he's losing money. So if somebody wants to get into um, the hemp industry, I'd, I'd recommend they don't go into CBD making that medicine because there's enough in the country as it is. Mm-hmm. But um, me, I have three years of my hemp stocks. I've just been piling up and I'm, I'm planning on building another one last home this summer. I'm building me a little two bedroom house out of hemp with my own stocks from my own land. So I'm um, preparing to do that. I'm not a carpenter. I'm a builder. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And so I, I there's so many business opportunities. There's like hempcrete uh-huh. that I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. There's... Um, anything plastic can be made from hemp i mm-hmm. i am a water uh scientist and mm-hmm. plastic pollution is just mm-hmm. um horrible like it's exactly. just everything from the fossil fuel extraction mm-hmm. to the manufacturing and the wastewater mm-hmm. and then the pollution afterwards it's mm-hmm. just it's just i don't there's no benefit in it except for uh, momentary convenience i guess um mm-hmm. while we temporarily use it and so yeah Yes, people, please try to use glass, glass, uh, non-disposable items. But mm-hmm. you've had trouble before with your field. Are are you still being hassled when you grow crops, or are is the DEA no. reseeding your fields these days? No, the, the DEA they um they always said we're standing on a slippery slope, so they fell off the slope now. So everything's legal. So uh, <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's exciting. Uh, people just come to participate to help us plant or harvest just to gain the experience so uh, it saves a lot of uh, money paying i like to have giveaways anyway so we have a giveaway at the end of the gathering but uh, yeah it's totally legal and uh, what it evolved to was our tribes overregulated hemp even more stringent than what the dea and the control substances act said so uh, i think our tribal councils our tribal governments um been colonized for so long that, that they replace the boss farmer and they make a decision on what's good for us rather than allowing us freedom to explore something and find something good. And if I do something wrong, then they can make a policy then. But on my tribe, they just totally overregulated hemp. It's 65 pages of regulation. And um, that's one of the reasons why uh, I, I decided I'm not going to grow this year. I, I, I defeated the DEA, FBI, U.S. attorneys, and my own tribe put me down in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like that across most Indian country. That's right. I know in Nevada, good things are happening in mm-hmm. the the marijuana industry, and mm-hmm. or and 
and I should, I'm sorry, like I combined those. So hemp industry is different from the marijuana industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tribes in Nevada are taking huge strides in, in making, do you know what's going on in Nevada, Melissa? That's where Melissa is at. And I know that there might be some uh, mm-hmm. potential uh, intertribal partnership there because mm-hmm. you're growing organic CBD, which I think is super high quality. And when you do the ceremony, when harvesting, that makes mm-hmm. it even more I don't know, top shelf, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's worth a lot. I don't think you can compare that to the average CBD market. <laughs> yeah. I'm not aware of any, um, any, any of the ongoings here with regards to how everything's being grown. To be honest, I, I've only been here like two months. So mm. I know there's a couple thousand acres of hemp still in the fields because no one would buy it. And uh, corporations are switching from other businesses and coming into hemp. And so they're, um, and they have all these scientists, lawyers, business people working for them. So what they're doing is they're causing the grower to sell his crops for less money. That that's and it started in Nevada. There's a I, well, I better not say their name. I, there's three initials, I G Y or some kind of corporation that started buying up hemp and marijuana in Nevada. But I know Nevada makes some of the best marijuana too. So. That's a good state. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, are, what are is there anything else that you would love to share with us, especially for other tribal nations or tribal individuals um, interested in in starting this? Because as a water resource professional, I would love to see tribes transition from oil and gas and coal or heavy metal type extraction to something that is sun, wind, hemp plant. And yeah. it's just it's just so much friendlier. We can do better without destroying the earth, just like you said. Yeah. Well, I have so many seeds that I want to share with all of Indian country. Uh, my seeds are super strong. They grow. They have a long tap root. Uh, you could use them for anything that you want. And uh, so I'm going to hit Indian country and I'm, I'm trying to actually talk to tribes into uh, developing two or three year plans to get into the hemp market. It takes three years to make money on hemp. The first couple of years, just getting the ground solid, getting the plants ready, the kind of seeds you want. Then the third year, you just make money. It's real simple. And it's so simple, people built, make it like it's climbing a huge mountain dealing with industrial hemp and in Lakota we call it Wahupta Ska Prejuta. Wahupta Ska Prejuta or the white root medicine. And I'm gonna try to talk each nation. I hate to I hate to say the word tribe. You know what the word tribe means in the dictionary? It means a pack of wild dogs. That's what the word tribe Oh my means. goodness. Thank so you when for correcting your tribe, me. you gotta pick pick a chihuahua or poodle or something. <laughs> I'll be a Rottweiler. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm part of the Mutt Nation. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's what I want to do is connect Indian country to the hemp seed, and um, my seeds the sure deal and guaranteed it to pass all the laws. And um, the USDA is changing the rule from 0.3 percent to one percent. And our tribe, we were the only nation in the country that had one percent limit at the uh, as a hemp plant. And here they changed it to 3%. So now it's a harder standard to reach. And uh, But the USDA's went up to 1%, so it's kind of flip-flopped on us. So now we're busy trying to get the tribe to rescind that and put it back up to 1%. So um, I came up with a, a bilingual sentence. 
because everybody has to learn their language. So this is my bilingual sentence. It goes, Atalila fucked up yellow. <laughs> that's the bilingual <laughs> sentence. <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, we're a big proponent of language over here at Indigenous mm -hmm. Vision as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, so there's, there's a lot of amazing things out there for Indigenous people to expand on, especially with that meant mm -hmm. that that indigenous mentality of mm -hmm. of keeping the plant nation respected and acknowledged. Right. I really, really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, people have to um, produce. We need to start companies and then people grow him to supply our companies. And like me, I sold it to the outside, had it produced on the outside. And I just fell in between, it's no money. But we, we got the big casino tribe, they should start looking at spending some of their money on the production equipment, the extractors, the beaters, the seed separators, all these different equipments we, we need to uh, make a go of it. And if you have an extracting machine to extract all parts of the hemp plant, uh, you need at least 10,000 acres to keep it busy for the year. And so uh, <clears throat> it's not worth it to bring an extractor in and only have a couple hundred acres of hemp growing. So anyway, that's just a recommendation. That's a great recommendation to, to keep in hand. And, and then also, I think like Alex said, if you're interested in, in pursuing this, make it a five-year plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, money starts at three years, but mm -hmm. think about the things we need. Like we need, um, I looked once into a decorder for hemp plants well, to make- decorder Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought jeans and, and materials. I thought our mm -hmm. ribbon dresses. Mostly I was interested in hemp canvas to cover mm -hmm. uh, sweat lodges with because mm -hmm. because that's even organic canvas has chemicals on it. And that's for like sweat lodge covers because we're, mm -hmm. we're trying to purify ourselves in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no textile industry in America. Everything comes from India, Asia. So uh, if some tribe developed a textile industry and the cheapest one I've located was around $30 million. If all the tribes chipped in and created that, just think what kind of intricate designs we can develop and make. Because we know how far we could push our culture and outsiders don't. So they make us look stupid with their designs. But uh, we, we, we can do that. But we all need to come together and support each other. If somebody had a decorticator, we should ship all our raw products there so they could decorticate for us. If somebody set up an extractor, we'll all supply them with our hemp to extract all the five elements from the hemp. And, and this is how we need to go instead of I, me, capitalist. Capitalism's not working in Indian country. And I doubt it ever will. We have giveaways I don't think too so. much. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. And I was doing some... I just watched this documentary called Seaspiracy and it started mm -hmm. off with the plastic pollution that was being found in whales and dolphins that are washing mm -hmm. up. And these mm -hmm. animals, these, we call them Suita beaks, water people are mm -hmm. washing up with 20 pounds of plastic in their bellies. Mm -hmm. And it's just not necessary when we can be making everything plastic from something biodegradable. Right. Mm -hmm. I agree. Hmm. How do you stay positive in all this? That's what I'm curious to know. For 20 years, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I had a few, well, I have a full life here. I have a, a lot of grandchildren. All my children live around me. We all live on our land. Uh, we have horses. Um, 
At one time we had Buffalo, but I turned them loose, so they're free roaming on the rest now. But it's good to go see them, and I speak my language. That's my escape into my language. All the pressures from the outside, I just snap it off and stink in Lakota. And uh, actually, I'm starting tonight language class with all my grandchildren. So it's going to be two hours a night. And I told them within 30 days, they're going to all be speaking Lakota. So we're starting that tonight. And uh, I waited till a time when they came to ask me, not me telling them, come in here, you're going to learn the language. You know, when you say that, there's a block. They have a wall. But when they come on their own and wanting to learn, then to me, that's the most amazing request I ever made. So I told them I charged them. I need uh, seven colors. Get me some sticks as big as my finger and the seven colors, red, white, black, yellow, green, blue, and uh, blue. Green and blue are both the same color. And so um, it took them about a week. And last night they brought me seven painted sticks. So I use those sticks, those colors to teach the language. And you don't use orange or purple because those are mixed colors and just the solid colors. And you learned a solid language. So I'm just proud of my grandkids and I'm gonna have them speaking in 30 days. And I'm training them to be trainers. I'm training them to be trainers so they could continue on teaching with my method. And my methods are real serious because I introduced myself for five minutes and then the rest of the classes, I never speak one word of English. And so they uh, this is how they learn quick. But anyway, hemp's bringing everything back together here. I, uh, I hope we could get by our tribal regulations and uh, start being more positive because with this covert on the reservation, we live in raw poverty as it is. I come from the poorest community in the poorest county in the United States. And uh, the stress level is um, huge. Our young people are starting to fight each other, gang each other. And just this last few months, they've been getting firearms, guns, shooting guns off in the air and stuff. And it's kind of scary. So our tribes need to do something. Uh, I always remember in Africa, remember they said apartheid or just a handful of white people were running all the millions of dollars in that country. So they revolted and now they changed it to kind of spread the gravy around, I guess. I think we're at a point where Indian nations need to do that to members. And But uh, some tribes, they have per capita and that pacifies them. So they don't want to, I guess rock the food that feeds them <laughs> mm -hmm. but it could be so much better and we can it make could. it happen and mm -hmm. we can do it because tribal nations i mean in the environmental industry tribal nations mm -hmm. are allowed to create any regulation with air mm -hmm. land and water and it can be better than the states and the mm -hmm. federal levels and um it has to be upheld if it mm -hmm. goes to court because we put in those ordinances and those mm -hmm. regulations and and so it's just, um, you know, I this is me putting some friendly pressure on our tribal governments mm -hmm. to to allow in this alternative economy that is going to transition our communities into mm -hmm. a whole new state that is just healthier mm -hmm. and um, out of our socioeconomic status of just poverty. And it's it's got to happen. Like there's only yeah. there's only fifty two to a hundred and fifty years left of coal oil and gas and uh, uranium. So mm -hmm. within 150 years, all of those energy sources are going to be gone. And mm -hmm. then it's just really basic management and business. The first thing I learned in business school mm -hmm. was that 
those who lead an industry and grandfather the industry make the money set the terms set the prices set the all the trends yeah. of the industry and the rest of the businesses just follow and hope for a piece of the pie <laughs> i know what it. Are, what are we going to be <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. and just imagine just 20 percent of the land in america could produce hemp to supply us with all the energy we need. We don't need all that coal, uranium mine. My wife died fighting uranium mines to preserve our water from cancer, and she died of cancer, but she knew it because the water's been destroyed from the beginning of, they call it 1872 Mining Act. That's when they start mining in this country, and they just totally destroyed our water systems. And I, um, I just feel sad for the people that live in the city the water is so polluted, they, uh, they have to mix this, mix that, and recycle the water. It's just scary. I, I love my plains where I live out here in the Midwest, and I, I still drink my aquifer water. And it's just a little bit damaged, but it's not bad. <laughs> that Berkey takes care of it, doesn't it? Uh-huh. The Berkey system? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. How are you doing on filters, by the way? I'm using that one over and over and over, and it's just right. And I... Uh, okay. You know, since I've been using that, I haven't caught a flu. I haven't gotten sick as much. It's just, it's helpful to drink solid water, pure water. That's that's the best thing that we could use. That's our best medicine. And uh, But today, a bottle of water costs more than a can of pop. <laughs> I think the world's coming to an end. That's water is life. It shouldn't be selling it, you know. Totally. And it's it's mm -hmm. our most valuable resource. Just It's just our most valuable thing in the whole world. Yeah, it is. So, well, thank you for joining us today. Mm -hmm. And thank you for um, sharing your experiences. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? I'd just like to encourage everyone, change your ways, get into hemp, uh, use your natural plants around your yard. You could find different uses for them. And let's all get together and let's all focus on being indigenous instead of being colonized Americans. We can do something good if we all come together. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. So yeah, that's, it's, that's so important. It's um, everything, all the plastic pollution, all of the economic like atrocities, it's all, it can all be fixed with one plant. And I really believe in this one plant and both versions of it, that CBD version and the THC version, because we have opioid crises, we have suicide crises, we have food sovereignty issues, and it, it can all be solved like the housing crisis we can just make our own hempcrete and, <laughs> and just make a bunch of like block houses or something but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it can all be solved by the one plant bye have a great day alex uh -huh. thank you for joining us wow i learned so much just from listening to him yeah what a knowledgeable person and he's he's got the experience and um there's just so much potential so much potential i would it's love to be crazy. the hempcrete provider or even decking material, like anything, anything can be. And how do you convince a world that's so reliant and so money hungry for this amazing alternative that's plentiful mm -hmm. and abundant? Yeah. yeah. In that uh, documentary, my son made a, a you know, a, a pouty lip teary face when they mentioned that the oceans would be dead and by the time he was my age and he he's concerned about it so yeah. I can't stop working um my son's worried about the oceans and and we don't protect less than one percent of them that documentary said and and 
So the 5% of the oceans are protected, but 90% of that 5% still allow fishing. That's part of the, the issue is that we just can't get all of these major organizations to say, stop eating fish. Yeah, I uh, if you look up the Seaspiracy on YouTube, you'll just see all these people who are obviously funded, like trying to debunk it, calling out all the, the facts that are wrong. They're just really fighting hard to be like, no, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one organization, though, I saw Sea, uh, sea Shepherd Conservation Society. I would definitely support them because they are one of the organizations that are speaking out against that. Good. I'm going to look them up. Yeah, I know. I definitely am choosy about who I want to support. And, and you can't, you can't support, like you can't be against racism or you can't be against um, ocean pollution, but not, you know, only one part of it. Like Mm -hmm. we're just against, we're just against the pollution, but we still want to save the fish and we don't care about what else is affecting the fish, like overfishing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All this selective, I don't know, righteousness. Right. Right. (laughs) But we digress. That was plastic pollution, which is definitely involved in, because this is our 420 episode. Happy 420, everybody. Happy 420. I was just thinking about my products actually, when he was talking about hemp I'm, I'm like are my products sustainable because i'm launching some 420 friendly items this mm-hmm. 420 and i don't think anything is plastic that's great that's yeah amazing. like it's all like metal uh-huh. you know and then hemp paper well reusable recyclable metal is recyclable so it's, it's you know <laughs> we, and it's, it's solid it's, it's solid, solid yeah heavy. it's not like cheap cheap i don't know what tin yeah But if you're an indigenous business owner, I think it's good business. And I think most of us do. And we do look for the like the recycled shirts. We do look like for those um, organic bamboo hemp materials. I do. Um, And I don't know if it's because of my training, but I notice like uh, Cece has at Prados Beauty had um, reusable face wipes that I got. Yes. Cause um, I go through wipes like crazy and I buy the biodegradable ones because I'm not going to buy whatever else is out there. There's so many, and it's a couple extra dollars more, but I care. So I pay more mm-hmm. so that when I use the wipes, cause I'm someone who's wearing a lot of makeup every day, I'm conscious of that. And like, I don't care too much about the reused one because I have so much makeup. Like I would be spending all my time washing those pads <laughs> over and over. But if you're a light user, yeah, those pads would be amazing. Even like feminine products, you know, mm-hmm. I've upgraded to a cup over the years and I've just gone through my five year and had to get another mm-hmm. cup. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how much have I saved the environment over a five year period mm-hmm. of menstrual cup? Oh my gosh, the sanitary industry is so Mm -hmm. like, yeah, tampons, pads, um, wipes, baby diapers, even like we tried to do cloth diapers for most of my son's toddler years because one, it takes one diaper, uh, like 750 years, just one, just one. So how many baby bottoms are out there? (laughs) A lot. That's like every person. Yeah. literally and I think anything like they put a lot of plastic into diapers and I think that's the problem they put plastic into baby wipes that's the problem if they're not biodegradable or made from a sustainable material and and if you watch that documentary like be a choosy shopper like even though the product says sustainable is it really that's another thing too they'll yeah. put anything on there and like have a little asterisk being like it's not really sustainable 
even my cat toys are sustainable because mm-hmm. there's people out there making sustainable cat toys now without plastics. Mm-hmm. It's just literally hemp and strings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And I wish that he didn't have that trouble that he did with that business because dang because I really wanted some of that CBD and it just helps with my migraines and like the symptoms of like body aches that I thought were fibromyalgia but I think they're related to my thyroid and but CBD just makes me feel more energetic and and it helped Anna through his last Mm. months and he was like you know old dog hip coming out and I gave some to my cats because when I was moving, planning to move to Vegas, I knew how traumatizing a four and a half hour truck ride would be. So I began giving them CBD doses about a month and a half. And I didn't really notice that much of a difference. My little one that was really scared seemed more brave was about the only difference that I noticed. But, and my mother took CBD and she swore by it as someone who had, you know, severe arthritis. She was just mm. like, wow, oh, I feel that's amazing. So good. That's so right? good. And I think if more people just gave it a try, you know, just try mm. it. It, mm-hmm. it would be so much better for your life. Well, maybe that goes to our cultural humility too, is like, why do you think that CBD or a hemp plant <clears throat> or even marijuana and the THC in it, why do you think it's bad? And who told you that? And at what point? And um, I don't know about your community, but my community facing um, opioid and suicide crisis, it, it, we could use THC. <laughs> like, I would rather, like, I have never seen a violent incident from stoners on my reservation like right? it's all it's all alcohol related and more so these days pill uh, methamphetamine and opioids yeah it's just it's not marijuana that's causing the problems i know and there's such a stigma behind it like really is it are people that concerned when alcohol is just pouring out of like liquor stores 7 days a week mm-hmm. you know at least 12 hours a day to almost anybody and you mentioned, you know, I want to go smoke a joint and chill out for a bit. It's just like, oh, you're a drug addict. <laughs> it's like, no, we're just trying to calm down. And I see a lot of people um, recovering from alcohol with marijuana and saying that it's totally saved their lives mm-hmm. and they have a new perspective on life. I mean, I've been a smoker for a long time. We'll say 25 years and I've never looked at it as a bad thing. Even as an asthmatic person, I'm still under control, but alcohol was probably the rage, the raging, like, I don't know how you would describe it. I'm trying to put this into words. Hang on. They're way different substances. Yeah. Like it would, it destroyed my insides. Like I could feel it destroying my insides. Whereas when I smoked marijuana, I was just, no, it was, it was more like a, I don't know how to describe it. Mm-hmm. Really. It's the spirit of the plant. Hang- yeah. It's you the spirit get- of the plant. But um, hemp, I'm totally down for that. I mean, I wanted to mention that you brought this up before of how we can be making vinyl records out of hemp instead. And that whole industry is absolutely booming right now. So that would be a really great idea, I think, for someone to at least try it and see how it goes. Maybe it would catch on and then we'd have like hemp records. Yes, but start small so you don't bankrupt and screw everybody else (laughs) that you're doing business with. So, Right. (laughs) you gotta crawl before you run there's there's enough issues in our community that i don't think we we need to look at marijuana or hemp or any of it like um 
wasps. So, yeah, it's just, I would love to see, I would love to see my community heal and I would love to see yeah, the drug addictions go away. All the people who are incarcerated because of marijuana as well really makes me sad. Oh, they shouldn't be anymore, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I know it's not 100% legal across the whole US. Mm-hmm. I know it is in Canada, which is, mm-hmm. I heard they're doing very well. Yeah, However, okay. some of their packaging, though, is a little bit over the top like way too much packaging oh why wouldn't marijuana or hemp have hemp packaging (laughs) it's so funny we're using petroleum products to (laughs) wrap hemp up but yeah so cool that's such a cool industry if i had you know opportunity for another well i shouldn't say anything because the stars listen to me and i usually am blessed with what i what I ask for and manifest like but if I had to choose another career maybe even on the side right now because I used to make candles body spray soaps um I think I could really use like a soap make a soap it's really fun to make at home and to make CBD soaps and stuff I would buy it there's even um, an option for me to start promoting CBD stuff um as a custom item for my brand that I'm going to be launching. And I thought about it and I'm like, could I just make some little CBD gummies and just see how they sell? Oh, little red gummies. Yeah. Little, just little CBD here and there. Chill bears. Chill bears. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mentioned that um, I smoked marijuana to someone that I recently became friends with and I asked, I'm like, have you ever smoked it? And she was like, no, I prefer reality. And it just kind of like hit me like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Smoking marijuana is considered an escape from reality for a lot of people as well. So there's just like a a huge barrier that still needs to be overcome for the world to kind of accept it as a healthier way to cope or just a healthier way to Mm -hmm. enjoy plants. Just, yeah. And the, I don't know. I just like, I think as a plant, it's got a very powerful spirit. And I think you have to, yes, be mindful of, of respecting that and acknowledging that. Because I think if just like anything, if you go into it with the wrong mind, you're going to not have a good experience. And I don't know, nobody has to be as spiritual as I am. <laughs> but, but like, I, <laughs> you know, I think of people like, like, like Alex said, the plant nation, and it's, yeah. it's a very real thing. And how we interact with it matters. And, and I think that when we do interact in a respectful way, that there is nothing but healing that can come from that. Marijuana heals for a lot of people. And I think that's, I think that's a really good start. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good angle to come at it is like we're healing through marijuana after something like severe alcohol addiction mm-hmm. or opioid addiction. Marijuana could be that gateway to your eventual healing. And then maybe you won't smoke after, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, um, you know, one of my trauma, re- uh, trauma aware to trauma response trainings I went to said that the average native youth has more p- incidences of PTSD and trauma than the average um, veteran who went to war. And so we're raising our kids in very violent, traumatic places. And I'm not saying, 
I'm not saying have your kids smoke or take CBD or anything like that, but like these are things that can help um, and they're not chemical. They, they won't lead to chemical dependency. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, we just have such a crisis with suicide and all of that. And, and not all on top of those social issues, we've got the environmental issues of how do we create an economy that benefits every tribal member and how do we lift out because we're not going to have any of those symptoms of poverty which is quality of life um, length of life health and and all of that we're not going to have any of those diminish until we start improving our environment which is getting it cleaned up having access to healthy food good water and and like he said the that seed that he has that he welcomed people to go get has root lengths of six feet long which is fairly significant when you look at prairie ecosystems um we've plowed up and recropped every single almost every acre we could with uh, with a monocropping and monocropping is a really we could go on to a whole episode on that one um if you want to be a nerd like me but it's (laughs) um this plant can help repair the soils of America that have been stripped of prairie root systems that were sequestered more CO2 than the Amazon rainforest. Wow. And that can put balance back into our hydrologic cycles again. It could put balance back into our, I mean, like the Hopi people down in Arizona are very much impacted by oceanic hydrologic cycles because that comes over from California and they are dry farmers. They are dependent on the rain. And for thousands and thousands of years, up until these last hundred years or so, those springs and rain cycles have been fairly dependent enough so that the people could live in that place for like tens of thousands of years. And if you don't believe in climate change, like in, in like, that length of time and now this length of time and that mind going in and drawing down all those springs and uh, yeah it's just everything depends on it water mm. and i think hemp is one of the ways to to make it there to make to make it to a kinder place to be as people and it's worth it it's totally worth it mm-hmm. <laughs> happy 420 everybody <laughs> So, yes, yes. I when you're considering business, consider these new fields. You know, if you're not leading, you're following. And that's that's the end of it. Like that's you know, we choose health or we choose more destruction. What other one liner can we? <laughs> health for me, please. Health yes, for me. Ex- right, right. Every day I want to grow a little bit more than I I was yesterday. So no pun intended. <laughs> That's funny. I swear I didn't smoke anything before this episode. I am strictly recreational and this is business. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> yes, people like I, I love to hear the topics. Um, I, I want to see tribal nations thrive and survive. Yes. Um, and let's get it done. Let's make it happen. And let's drop these preconceived notions and assumptions and, step out of our comfort zone a little bit and get into a place where we can really make some moves and make some differences in our community. And so we got to think about the youth. We got to think about the opioids, the suicide crisis is the, the poverty in the 80 to 90%. Like, <laughs> mm. like I just saw, I, I had to, um, 
I had to text a tribal council member a, a couple of weeks ago because I was doing research on something and I came across the stat that um, on Montana report for last year, 2020, said that the poverty rate on the Blackfeet reservation where I grew up is 13.4%. Uh, and I was like, are you serious? Because... Because when I grew up, it was like 80, 89%. And that's what Pine Ridge, where Alex is from, that's what the, the poverty rate there is. And they're known as the poorest place in America. Mm -hmm. And and my tribe has the same poverty rate. Like we're right there with them. And we got to think of new things to do. We, we can't allow industry to take the rest of our our beautiful lands away because without that land we don't have culture or language or anything that matters to us as indigenous people so looking forward to a brand new day mm -hmm.